0: to find your place in joel joel chapter one the title of the message is you ain't seen nothing yet and i know that's a kind of a southern title for a old testament message uh, using that word ain't and uh, but it's it's the message that joel's given here and he said you ain't seen nothing yet and uh, this world hasn't seen anything yet as to what's coming And may that encourage us that know the Lord, that that know the truth, that know that Jesus is coming back soon and everything that's going to take place after he comes back. May it stir our hearts to want to do more for him in this year of 2023. This may be the year that Jesus comes back and that the day of the Lord begins and the tribulation sets in. And I don't want anybody to have to go through that. And uh, may the Lord have mercy on us. And I'd like to welcome those of you that are listening by the way of the Internet. We do value your presence with us. We thank God for you. And uh, please pray for us. We need your prayers. And uh, we'll be praying for you as well. And, but Joel chapter 1, I trust you found your place there. We're going to start reading in verse 1. The word of the Lord that came to Joel, the son of Pethuel, Hear this, ye old men, and give ear, all ye inhabitants of the land. Hath this been in your days, or even in the days of your fathers? Tell ye your children of it, and let your children tell their children, and their children another generation. That which the palmer worm hath left hath the locust eaten, and that which the locust hath left hath the canker worm eaten, and that which the canker worm hath left hath the caterpillar eaten. "'Awake, ye drunkards, and weep, and howl, all ye drinkers of wine, because of the new wine, for it is cut off from your mouth. For a nation has come up upon my land, strong and without number, whose teeth are the teeth of a lion, and he hath the cheek teeth of a great lion. He hath laid my vine waste, and barked my fig tree. He hath made it clean bare, and cast it away.' The branches thereof are made white. Lament like like a virgin girded with sackcloth for the husband of her youth. The meat offering and the drink offering is cut off from the house of the Lord. The priest, the Lord's ministers, mourn. The field is wasted. The land mourneth for the corn is wasted. The new wine is dried up. The oil languisheth. Be ye ashamed, O ye husband, how, O ye vine dressers, for the wheat and for the barley, because the harvest of the field is perished. The vine is dried up, and the fig tree languisheth. The pomegranate tree, the palm tree also, and the apple tree, even all the trees of the field are withered, because joy is withered away from the sons of men." "'Gird yourselves and lament, ye priests. "'How, ye ministers of the altar. "'Come, lie all night in sackcloth, ye ministers of my God, "'for the meat offering and the drink offering "'is withholden from the house of your God. "'Sanctify ye a fast, call a solemn assembly. "'Gather the elders and all the inhabitants of the land "'into the house of the Lord your God "'and cry unto the Lord. "'Alas for the day!' For the day of the Lord is at hand, and as a destruction from the Almighty shall it come. Is not the meat cut off before our eyes? Yea, joy and gladness from the house of our God. The seed is rotten under their clods. The the gardeners are laid desolate. The barns are broken down, for the corn is withered. How do the beasts groan? The herds of cattle are perplexed. Because they have no pasture, yea, the flocks of sheep are made desolate. O Lord, to thee will I cry, for the fire hath devoured the pastures of the wilderness, and the flame hath burned all the trees of the field. The beast of the field cry also unto thee, for the rivers of waters are dried up, and the fire hath devoured the pastures of the wilderness." Here we see that a natural disaster, a national calamity had taken place. Swarm after swarm of insects and bugs had come across the land and they had literally devoured everything that they landed on. And in verse 2, Joel calls on the older men to testify. And he asked them this, he said, Have you ever seen anything like this? It was a day of national disaster because of the destruction that the insects and bugs had left. And the result from all this, we see it twice mentioned here, not only among the people, but even in the house of the Lord, there was a lack of joy. Do you know what's missing in our country today and and what's missing in many churches today across our land uh, is joy, joy. There's no true joy in our land. We go out door knocking here in our community and I find very little joy with the people that we meet. In verse 12, it says, The vine is dried up and the fig tree languisheth. The pomegranate tree, the palm tree also, and the apple tree, even all the trees of the field are withered because joy is withered away from the sons of men. May I say that in our country, we have seen swarm after swarm of palmer worm and locust and canker worm and caliper that has come against our nation. And I'm not talking about bugs. I'm not talking about some form of insect. I'm talking about waves of sin that has come across and against uh, our land and has devastated our land. Uh, Some of these palmer worms and locusts and canker worms and caterpillars could be named socialism, communism, sodomy, transgenderism, drugs, alcohol, drunkenness, covetousness, and apostasy, a turning from the true word of God. None of us have ever seen anything like what we're witnessing today. I'm in my 50s and I can say that I've never seen the effects of sin or the consequences of sin in our land. I've never seen it so bad in this country. No wonder there's a lack of joy. Here joy uses this day of national calamity to introduce another day, the day of the Lord. Joel is one of the first prophets here to prophesy of that day, that day of the Lord. And that day of the Lord starts with the tribulation. And Joel here in this passage, he's asking the older men, have you ever seen anything like this in your day? He's telling them that, hey, things are bad right now but you haven't seen anything yet. The day of the Lord would be far worse than the palmer worm and the canker worm and the locust and the caterpillar. He goes on to tell them, you better warn your children and your grandchildren and your great-grandchildren about this. Anytime sin destroys and ravages a land, the ultimate result is that there's going to be a lack of joy. The only sin mentioned here in the book of Joel is that of drunkenness. Those who had indulged in that sin, they were no longer able to sin because that swarm of locusts had wiped out their source of sin. It had eaten the grapevines. This reminds us that the pleasures of sin will only last for a season. Ask the prodigal son, how long did his pleasures and his righteous living play out? How long did his sin last? It lasted until a famine had set in the land, and he had spent all, and then the Bible says that he found himself in want. All that so-called joy he had, he no longer had it. Everything that he thought was joy, everything that he thought was pleasure had come to an end. And it had turned to a day of mourning and sadness. Here in verse 5, Joel says, Awake ye drunkards, and weep and howl all ye drinkers of wine because of the new wine, for it is cut off from your mouth. It's time for America to awake out of its sins. He says, awake ye drunkards. Hey, it's time to awake out of this sin. It's time to get real about the sins of this land and the consequences of sin. We don't even hear anything about the effects of alcohol anymore. All we see on TV, on the TV commercials here in our country is that simply drink responsibly. There's no warning against the side effects of alcohol. But yet, when they advertise a new medicine that is that was meant to help you, they'll list every known side effect there is. What are the side effects of alcohol use? Well, number one, it makes you stupid. It makes you do things that you would normally not do had you been sober. It not only affects your body, but it also affects your mind. It's a deceiver, the Bible says. It's a mocker. It'll make a fool out of you. It'll devastate your family. It'll divide your family. And it will control you. It may even cause a (coughs) person to harm others. It'll cause you to waste your life, and that what the other brother said of the prodigal, he wasted the father's money. He wasted his life on riotous living. And you know what it'll do? It'll take away your joy. Alcohol, drugs, covetousness and lust have filled our land. These sins, those four sins have broken up more homes than any other sin. They've broken up more family relationships than any other sin. They've hurt others and even killed others. These four sins are one of the leading causes of debauchery in our land. And the sad thing is It's become more and more prevalent in so-called Christian circles. For those of you that are listening, by the way of internet, I'm going to just skip over some of the illustrations that I'm about to use because they're just for our church, and I just want our church to benefit from those. But here, number one, Joel says that they need to awake out of their sin to what's going on. In the land. We need to awake, America, world, wherever you're listening at, you need to awake to the sin that's devastating your life, that's devastating the land that you're living in. Number two, Joel says that they needed to lament. When the consequences of sin ravage the land, it affects everyone. It even affected the offerings here. They didn't have what they needed to be able to offer a sacrifice in the house of God. Look at verse 9. The meat offering and the drink offering is cut off from the house of the Lord. The priest and the Lord's ministers mourn because of sin. Laws in our country are being disputed. Laws in our country are trying to be passed in several states uh, that would authorize the killing of babies. We call that abortion, but it's nothing less but murderous sin. We understand that each one of these babies that are murdered in the womb, these babies are in heaven now. We understand that. But you know, God had a plan for these children. How many more church members would we have today? How many more people would we have filling the pews and giving of their time, their talents, and their treasures to the Lord's work? How many more people would be out soul winning today? How many more people would be giving of themselves to serve the Lord in a full time way? We'd have more missionaries and more laborers and more church musicians and more pastors. We're living in a day of national calamity, the consequences of sin have ravished this land and it's caused a lack of joy. Ask some of the bus children that ride our bus if the consequences of sin has brought joy to their life or sadness when it entered into their homes. You should hear what some of these children say about their life. And about the effects of sin, it would break your heart. It would cause you to awake, maybe, to understand that, hey, the consequences of sin are real. And it hurts people. We need to awake. We need to mourn over the effects of sin. And we need to lament. Number three, Joel is calling on God's ministers. To gird themselves up and lament. And Joel 1 and verse 13 it says, Gird yourselves and lament, ye priests, How ye ministers of the altar? Come lie all night in sackcloth, ye ministers of my God, for the meat offering and the drink offering is withholden from the house of your God. Hey, it's time for God's people. We're kings and priests, right? That's what God calls us. It's time for us to do something about the sin in our land. Our time is so limited. Our life is but a vapor. We have less time than ever before to get the gospel to every creature. Every creature needs a preacher. Jesus is coming. And the day of the Lord is coming also. And it will be worse than anything this world has ever seen. If you would, find Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6, and we'll start reading in verse 10. It says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. "...put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers." against the rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Here's your palmer worm. Here's your canker worm. Here's the locust and the caterpillar that's devouring our land, It's devouring our homes and even has snuck into our churches. It's called principalities, powers, rulers of the darkness of this world against spiritual wickedness in high places. In verse 13, it says, Wherefore, because we've seen what this devastation is doing, because we're involved in this warfare, Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand... As I ought to speak, Uh, God is calling for his people in these last days. uh, He starts off by saying, finally, hey, my people, you need to take a stand. It's not time to be turning away from God. It's time to turn to God. Hey, one day we're going to be called up out of here. And may that day hasten. But can I just say the minute that we're called up, the day of the Lord is going to begin. And God is going to redirect His attention to Israel. And you know, I don't want anyone to have to go through... That great day of tribulation there. And that time of tribulation. That day of the Lord. Listen, God wants all people to come to repentance. He wants all people to come to faith in His dear Son. But we, as God's people, if we don't take a stand and haven't done all to stand, if we don't put on the whole armor of God, then who will? Who will? It's not going to be the government. It's not going to be the school system. It's not going to be social services. You know, the first part of this armor, as we just read, it says that we need to be girt about. Our loins need to be girt about with truth. What did Joel call the priest to do? He said, gird yourselves and lament. In Ephesians, God is calling His people to stand and to girt themselves With the truth. That word girt and that word girt is the same thing. It's the same word there. And it means to make fast by binding. To put on. To invest. And to surround. Boy, was as we look at this national day of calamity that we're facing here in our land due to the effects of sin, we as God's people are to stand with our loins girt about with the truth. That means no wavering. All these contemporary churches and this contemporary Christian movement, the only thing they've done is made things easier for people to go to hell The overwhelming majority of those churches, they don't even use the truth, the Word of God. And for us in the English language, it's the King James Bible. They don't even use that. They've not girt their loins, girded themselves, their loins with truth. They've erred from the truth. They have taken a stand, but not in the truth of God's Word. They have made themselves part of the problem excusing sin, excusing a lack of standing for the truth found in God's word. As God's people, we ought to be howling and mourning over the condition of this land. We need to take a stand in these last days. We need to put on the whole armor of God and having done all to stand. I don't want to see any of our bus children or our bus families to go through the tribulation period. Oh, as bad as things are now, it'll be nothing compared to what will take place uh, during the tribulation. Oh, may the Lord help us uh, to just take courage and help us to stand for Him. Hey, the Great Commission is still there. We have to do our part to, to reach people for the cause of Christ. We have a missionary family coming here this Sunday. God has burdened their hearts for the people of Trinidad and Tobago. Oh, God does not want the families there on those islands there. They don't want those, he does not want those people in that area of the world to die and go to hell. Oh, how God needs to get a hold of us this Saturday and Sunday. Oh, as we host these missionaries and they share their burden for Trinidad and Tobago. And may we get a hold of that burden. And may we awake and let's make a difference. It's time to awake, it's time to take a stand. And having done all to stand, it's time to lament. It's time to pray. It's time to work for the night is coming. Jesus said in John chapter 9 and verse 4, he said, I must work the works of him that sent me while it is day. The night cometh when no man can work. The day of the Lord is going to come in a time of great darkness. You know, for the Jews, their day began at sunset. Darkness. The day of the Lord is going to come in a time of great darkness. We were out visiting last week and going door to door and we spoke to a man who who said that, hey, I, I, I need to be in recovery. I've got these problems. And whether it was drugs or alcohol, I don't know. But someone, one of our men, gave him a hope in the darkness tract. And he began to read the tract there and look at the Bible verses and what was said about the darkness and the chaos in our land. And this is what he looked up and said to us. He said, it's dark out here. It's dark out here. Hey, it's now dusk, but the night is coming. Joel said to the elders, hey, you may think that this national disaster is bad. Well, you ain't seen nothing yet. Oh, may the Lord help us to be strong in the Lord. May He help us to not waver. Oh, how we need to strengthen that which remains. Uh, People do not need a watered-down version of Christianity. They need the truth of God's Word. Our community needs a church that is walking worthy of the Lord and the all-pleasing, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. I was listening to a pastor in California, Pastor Jack Treber, their Sunday evening service and he was speaking of their church and he was talking to his church about being debt free this year for the church there and he said something that grabbed my attention. He said a church should never rest for a very long period of time. He said it will destroy you. A church should always be moving forward, always looking to do more for Christ. In Joel chapter 2 and verse 1 it says, Blow ye the trumpet in Zion and sound an alarm in my holy mountain. Let all the inhabitants of the land tremble, for the day of the Lord cometh, for it is nigh at hand. What Jesus tell the church of Philadelphia, that church that was holding fast and doing things right Oh, he said this in Revelations 3.11, Behold, I come quickly. Hold that fast which thou hast, that no man take thy crown. I don't want anyone to take my crown. And I know that you don't either. We need to stand. No backing down. Always moving forward. Trusting and just believing God and with God's help and by His grace, we can. Hold fast.